and uh, only in, in uh, sex masochism. <laughs> Thank you, Louis Van Gaal. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the world's greatest podcast featuring Louis Van Gaal. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, baby. Yeah, man. <sighs> I'm, I'm starting this pod with good energy, given what happened this weekend. Let me bring you right back down to earth, then cook. Oh, fuck. And wait, so wait, wait, wait. Be- before that, we Pull do you need... Pull back to earth by your hair. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is... I wasn't going to start on the referee watch, but let's just start. Let's just start. Okay. okay. All right. go on you first, as well. First goal or second goal? First. That's, come on. Start with the first one. First goal. Fourth. First Spurs goal. First Spurs goal. So, obviously, at the start of it, there's a bit where... Um, Bentancourt fouls Havertz, I believe. Um, it was quite... About 20 seconds different, so it was a bit of a gap. But then, during the actual shot, Richardson, who is he's clearly offside, me and yeah. you both say it's at, at, at the time, and they didn't even seem to acknowledge it in commentary or in the VAR check. For me, he was blocking the line of the keeper, and he almost blocks the ball. But, yeah, so that stands. Yeah, they're a disgrace. They're, that's the word for it, they're a disgrace. <laughs> Anthony Taylor especially is a disgrace when it comes to refereeing against us, it seems like, as well. Time and time again, this... Oh... Have you signed the position? I have. I am that sad. I am that sad. I've done it. It was, it, it was offset. I don't really know what the rules are because like Jim said, round him as well. it didn't even... We've seen it didn't even sound lad, like, like It didn't even look like they checked it. And I mean, we'll speak about him later, but I remember last season United played Arsenal and Shaka scored and Nketiah mm. was offside, stood right in front of De Gea. And it was given, and it was. I don't even think it was ever mentioned that it was checked. So whether some rules have changed, I don't know. I've not seen anything, but for me, as a you know, a fan watching that, that's got to be disallowed. Richardson's offside, and he's clearly in the line of Mendy. Whether he can look around him or not, he shouldn't have to if Richardson isn't yeah. there. So for me, that should have been chalked off. I think too far back for the Averts foul. Yeah. But I think it was 44 seconds they said. Yeah, it's yeah. But, but what is the, it felt too far do, do they, I don't know, so I'm asking you. Do they have a thing where they like no. say, for example, after 30 no. seconds, no. whatever there's happens? No, there's no definition for it's it. It's a phase of it's play. It's just a phase it? of play. <sighs> See, this, yeah, but this is how why, vague are you? This is why they are so wishy-washy. It's, like it's, <laughs> it's all down to like subjectivity and, and people's own understandings of definitions that could change from game to game which we've seen happen already this season and, and you know last season we or pretty much since it came in uh, different yeah, decisions right. for different referees in very very similar situations so uh, and to be fair yeah. I think a lot of people are in agreement that he, he, probably, he probably felt oh, too far back yeah, to his last goal but well, if, that, if, if that wasn't bad enough I the second like, one, yeah. I don't think you can find a person on this earth that isn't named Anthony Taylor or whoever it was in the VAR room. Mike Dean, wasn't it? Was it Mike Dean? I have no idea. Who didn't... I don't get how they watched that. Anthony Taylor was right in front of it. Romero should have seen probably his second red card in two weeks. Yeah, I like how it was just it glossed was over on Sky Sports as well, like it was like it was nothing. They barely they barely even mentioned it, to be honest with you. Sooness said it was the only mistake Anthony Taylor made all, all game, which is a fucking joke in and of itself. He, he's... He's one of the shitter refs that we have, and and that's not saying a lot because they are all shit. There's not a good one between them, and yeah, for the for the first one, you're probably right. It is it's probably too far back, but the linesman stood right next to Havertz, and and the fact that he doesn't give that. Yeah, I don't blame Taylor with that from the no, angle. No, no, I don't. He's too far. The away. way the ball moves and the angle Taylor is at, it looks like he yeah, does get the that's ball. That's where the linesman has to open up. The has got a because, he's got a perfect view. Yeah, and and for the VAR thing, like I said at the start, I don't understand what is the point in having it. Because it's a red card, it's violent conduct. He's pulled. He's literally pulled his hair yeah, it's a red like card. a little bitch. 
Cause not even what... that. The red card isn't what matters. That should be a free kick to Chelsea. Mendy's got it in his own box, 30 seconds Game left. Over. You boot it up the other end and then the whistle pretty much fucking goes. So it's up... it's the loss of two points, not the red card that's important. Is that something they could not look back on? Well, in review? No, because the ref will say they Where saw it and VAR reviewed it and they decided to take the like action. That's yeah. what it'll be. Yeah, no, it, it will, it will, but the, it's just the fact that they looked at it and said that the we we can't not that we can't do anything about it, but they looked at it and then they was like, okay, nothing, nothing to see, not even you might want to have a look at that. Yeah. To Anthony Taylor, not even anything like that, and it's it's piss poor, especially when again, he's looking right at it. Is that not clear and obvious? Is that not your terminology that? that you want everyone to, to abide by even though it's ridiculous. It's clear yeah, it's clear as day. He, he pulls his hair. Um and I mean it's daft, but like if if Cucurella has short hair and somebody pulls it, it it seems worse. I don't know whether because he's got long hair, they're the kind of going, Well maybe you shouldn't have long hair. You see in his like head. In, in like his head. Yeah. You see his neck it's, like come back like yeah, it's like Switch that if Cucurella yeah, pulls Romero's hair, think of how close he's gonna to get to his head. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't. I'm not making excuses, but uh, I mean there isn't an excuse. It's a red card, and and Chelsea yeah. end up winning the game. So. Yeah. Let's move. Yeah, we'll move. We'll move past this because we can talk about how shit our refs are all day long, especially Anthony Taylor. But definitely a disgrace. And even the boss said that the players are well aware of. This ref and well, Tuchel said Tuchel was. I saw this on top. We need spot. to speak about that. Tuchel was scrapping as well. Tuchel was asked before it. Do you, what do you think about Anthony Taylor? Some of your fans and he was like, "No, nah, I think it's nonsense." And then after it, he said, "Maybe you shouldn't referee our games for mm. a little while." So yeah, he's clearly changed his mind. There's but, a fine um, coming there, Stan. Oh, there's definitely a fine. PGMOL fine coming to, to outburst. And before we get on to the scrapping, let's talk about the performance because, contrary to what the media were trying to make the narrative Chelsea in my opinion blew Spurs out of the water Chelsea were the better team comfortably yeah. I mean I, d- I did say last week I thought that it would be nil-nil or one-nil Chelsea because I, d- I just it's Spurs it's the name I said it when we were talking about title contenders that just they turned up to Chelsea and they look like typical Spurs at Chelsea in the last hour many years where they just can't do it there it's a mental block so uh, yeah I thought I don't think Spurs deserved anything which is probably why they're all Kane said that well, did he say that? Well, I didn't, but I I agree with him, which is probably why Spurs fans are so fucking cheeky and so happy that they've got something because they really didn't deserve any of the goals. I mean, you could argue both of them should be disallowed and and definitely and a red card, but you know they've, they've, they've robbed a point, aren't they? They've absolutely robbed a point oh, yeah. um, at a ground that they're not good at uh, in a game where they was it was the most one sided game. Maybe the weekend we'll get onto one that yeah. might. Might rival it soon, but it really was like the first half, especially yeah. Spurs. Yeah, they started a little bit well, it was a bit lively, but after about five minutes, when Jorginho started passing it about, he was running it. It was, it was so one sided. I mean, the only thing I will say about Chelsea is it, it kind of shows what we've mentioned in the recent pods that the, I just wish they were a bit more clinical. And if they had someone who, who's putting the ball in the net a bit more. That game would have been over and done with because oh, 100%. It, the Havertz chance, the Havertz chance, yeah. yeah, the Sterling one, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm happy to put this game down to literally is one of them where the referee just does you in and two goals should be enough. But at the end of the day, like Cooley Valley scored an unbelievable oh, yeah. Yeah, goal and Reece James has scored a great goal. It's it's not your attackers getting on the goal sheet, which would kind of worry me. But yeah, the Cooley Valley goal, yeah. what a finish! I mean, do you? I don't know whether to say it's bad zone of marking. Leaving, it's awful. It, it is There's awful. So many at the near post, it, it is awful because you shouldn't let Koulibaly have that run yet anyway if he's going to come and head it. 
But I mean, I'm not expecting him to volley that like that. <laughs> Just before it as well, he had a shot with like his left foot, and Carragher was going, "Oh, he's not great at <laughs> shooting this lad, especially not with his left." And then two minutes later, he was going, "He's Glen Hoddle like, <laughs> yeah, Hoddle esque." So moving on from the players, we're going straight to the managers. Jim, we'll start with you. Not once, not twice, but thrice did Antonio Conte and Tuchel kick off. Jake Paul weighed in on the argument, did we see? <laughs> yeah, the problem child himself. Well, she said. Um, I tend to agree with him. Oh, so do I. I mean, I'm team two. I'm just team. I'm just team beef. I love it. <laughs> love it and need on the on the touch lines. Uh, yeah, it was good, wasn't it? I mean, they could have been sent off well before full time. I was loving it. I think two could have been sent off after Chelsea scored the second. Oh yeah, you doing did, the Mourinho. Did a little Mourinho and um, Conte put on Instagram the picture of it and said if he'd seen it. It'd, it had tripped him up he's a fucking liar as soon as he scored <laughs> he put his fucking head down he didn't see him because he didn't want to see him all that hair in his face yeah it was a, it was a, a feisty handshake at the end just to say the least well, and um, yeah Jamie Redknapp would agree with Thomas Tuchel wouldn't he Jim he'd want to be looked in the eye <laughs> yeah that was also enjoyable as well we'll get on to that maybe, maybe the men are too emotional for this game well Tuchel said he said because the media at the end of it was like are you going to say sorry to Antonio are you going to are you going to see him potentially after this? He's going, no. He's going, it's football, it's the Premier League. He's like, are you joking? He's like, you hype up a derby all week, you lot. All week you've been talking about this game. And now you're like going, are you sure you don't want to apologise for keeping all this time? No. No, it's the Premier. And he said, this is why it's so different. This is why it's in your face. And without the sexism, Graeme Souness was right with majority of what he said. It was in-your-face football. It was a reminder of the Premier League and the physicality other than... It was a reminder as well with the Premier League with the shite fucking refing decisions, <laughs> but no, it was it was it was an advert for the Premier. It was all weekend really with, with the other games. But Stan, what did you think about the beef on the touchline? Do you think it was warranted? Did you like it? Did you not like uh, it? I definitely liked it. I'm not really um, I'm not really too fussed. I mean, some purists probably wouldn't like it, but um, yeah, I love it. Why not? A L- little bit extra to every game. Why not? A little bit of drama off the pitch as well. And uh, it's made me love Tuchel more. Conte. Conte running over when they equalised and uh, giving it back, a bit of hold me back, hold me back kind of thing on the touchline. Yeah. And yeah, I, lo- I loved all of it. I mean, uh, at the end, I think Tuchel was probably in the right in terms of you should probably look at somebody in the eye when you're shaking their hand. And mm. Tommy Turtles didn't like it, so he didn't. Um, <laughs> he didn't. So now Antonio has to buy him his air transplant. Is it? To is say that, is sorry. that the deal? Well, yeah, he didn't look him in the eye when he shook his hand, so well, yeah. you have to buy his air transplant now. Is that not the law of the jungle? If not, I'm sure um, he can have a match. We'll do WrestleMania next year. Yeah. Jake Paul and Thomas Tuchel versus Logan Paul this and like reverse, Antonio Conte. This is like a reverse... What do we um, think of that? This is like a reverse Bobby Lashley versus Umaga. Oh, yeah. They get to shave um, Vincent Donald yeah. Trump's hair. Battle of the Baldies. Yeah. Battle of the Billionaires, it was called. Battle of the Billionaires. But this one is this like... This one's Battle of, the, Battle of the Baldies. The title... <laughs> <laughs> Right, welcome back, ladies and gents. Get your betting apps at the ready. I know them scousers did us at the weekend for better the week. It's okay, but we're going to win some more money. Okay, trust me, it's going to happen. Okay, we're going to start off in the early kickoff. Tottenham Hotspur versus Wolves. We're going to go Spurs win and under 2.5 in this one, Stan. Then we're going to move to Goodison Park. Everton versus Nottingham Forest. Just both teams to score in that one. 
Then we go down to Leicester versus Southampton, and Leicester trying to get the first win in the season. We're going to be we're going to have Leicester to beat Southampton in that one. And then last but not least, Arsenal go down to Bournemouth for the half-five kickoff. We've got Arsenal to win just in that one. So just to recap, Spurs to win, Wolves against Wolves, under 2.5 goals. Everton, Forest, both teams to score. Leicester to beat Southampton and Arsenal to beat Bournemouth. And Stan, what can the listeners do with that? Can shut up the dirty, tight hackers. <laughs> Right, welcome back, Cookie Podcast listeners, and we're going to go to another one-sided affair, but um, a, a different scoreline, by four goals. Um, Brentford Cook shock United in the first half, and they win this game four goals to nil. I'll start with Cook. I can see Stan festering in the corner of my eye here. <laughs> um, let's start with Brentford then first, while I'll go with you. Very impressive, and... An amazing result, probably the probably the best result in Premier League history. You could argue. Yeah, probably up there for Brentford. And correct me if I'm wrong, Stan. First time ever United have gone in four 0 down. So you could argue, but it's probably your worst result in your history potentially. Mm. There or thereabouts. Definitely in the Premier League era. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but no, Brentford, unbelievable at the weekend and. An FPL cheap beast, Jim. Josh De Silva. Yeah. He started really well so far. There wasn't much XG for that one. No, there Um, wasn't for us, no. There was certainly a lot of XG for um, Taifi Jensen's goal. I mean, Brentford's high pressing just seemed to just catch United out time and time again. Even before the second goal, there was the moment where Maguire gives away that that foul and gets the yellow card and Jensen puts a free kick over the bar and then from that goal kick, they catch him out again. It was... um, yeah, Brentford. That first half was just so so dominant from the the, the bees. United just self imploded, and and I, I I remember saying to to Dunny and Robbie prior to this weekend, I call it the Facebook dad philosophy, but I I did think this weekend Ivan Tony up against that Martinez. I know that wasn't really the narrative from the weekend. I just thought Brentford as a physical side, him coming up to him, but Stan. It doesn't sit well with me this, but why is centre backs taking goal kicks? Like it invite, I don't like that because it invites pressure. I don't like that. That's not the biggest issue. For no, me. no, no. But that that was um, that was an issue that led directly to a goal. Well, the issue that led to the goal was that David de Gea can't play football in any shape or sense of the. Yeah, for word. for the first goal, yeah. But Martinez could pass the shore on that goal kick. And de Gea could pass it to Maguire. Yeah, he could. The fact, the fact Ericsson is, with that goal kick back, is, if a goalkeeper cannot take a centre back giving them the ball and him being a yard behind him, if that is so detrimental that you all you can do is concede a goal, then said goalkeeper cannot be playing football for Manchester United in the Premier League. I know, but next I, question. I, no, I agree. Right, so yeah. What about this? This the style of play that um, Tenagi is, is um, imposing on United is this? He passed out from the back um, last week. Scott McTominay was. Really bad. Um, Fred was pulled off after forty five minutes too, I believe, or after forty five minutes, because um, they they just just no, couldn't find good. the short passing. This week he puts Christian Eriksen next to Fred. He did didn't help at all. You looked. I'm not saying it was his fault, but he looks even worse. They just don't look comfortable passing out from the back. Is this something that Tenag's just got to deal with the the growing pains in, or has he got to go to a more um, more direct approach? Well, he actually said after the game he told the United players to go direct and miss out the press from Brentford, so the United players just didn't listen to him. 
So that's some, that's, that's, that's my answer. So we're never going to be seeing these short kicks against Liverpool next week because that's another team who's. I, I would I would be very surprised if if that's the case. I'd expect changes in the eleven. He actually came out and said, Brentford. Brentford did play well. I agree with what you were saying at the start, but they didn't play any different or any better than I expected them to play. That that's that's how Brentford play. They will press you high, and if you get past them and they win it deep, they will go direct to Tony and they did they went direct into the channels and, and it caused Luke Shaw and, and Martinez problems and the second ball was there to be won every, every single time but Ten Hag told the players to go direct to miss the press and the players didn't do it I mean it doesn't help when a team has four shots against you and you're 4-0 down but I'll save that for a little bit later on uh, it doesn't help when you know United don't have the players to play this style that Ten Hag plays and in answer to your Follow up question. I hope Ten Hag plays every. I hope I hope he sticks to what he does because I think as soon as he changes it, you let the players win then because they're not listening to you, they're not good enough, and you also let the people above you win for the fact that they haven't got you in the players that you wanted to do to to you know instill your style of play because they'll go ah oh, well you've changed and we're doing all right now because you've changed just keep it like that when no keep going weed out the bad players the players that can't do it and replace them with players that can I mean I. I draw comparisons to Liverpool and, and City when they brought Pep and Klopp in. They, you know, especially Pep. You know, he took he took on a team that had only won the title two years before, but more Klopp. I mean, you look at that team that Klopp had in his first league game. You look at to the team that he will play tonight against Palace. There might be one player different. Well, so he, he he was given time to weed out. Yeah. I mean, you look at Ten Hag's team. De Gea was in net for Moyes. Luke Fred Shaw, McTominay Luke, started your last five seasons. In Scott McTominay, McTominay and Fred. I mean, Cook, how, how, when did Conte win the league? 15-16. How many players from that Conte team were in Chelsea's team at the weekend? Aspie. What, you mean no, starting? No, that. starting. Oh, starting. No. Uh, none. United don't replace players. Aspie Luke, Luke Shaw was under Van Gaal. De Gea was under Moyes Ferguson. Fred and McTominay were under Jose. Martial and Rashford under Jose, under Van Gaal. United don't replace, and it all comes from the top. And I know people are bored of me fucking saying it, but we have players starting for United now that failed for us four or five years ago, and they just don't get replaced. And now we might end up getting Frankie Dion or Milinkovic-Savic, which, in answer to Jim's question, might help us a little bit. But the fact is is that United's house is flooded, and we're chucking a bag of sand on the floor and saying that'll do. And they look it's so nev- short. It's, it's, it's never enough. Yeah. This is the problem. And Chelsea are now in the midst of their second two hundred and fifty million transfer uh, window in the last three years, and that's not a criticism of Chelsea. It's a compliment. United probably haven't spent two hundred and fifty million in the last three years. We're on a fifty million net spend right now. To be fair, Nottingham. Though, how many yeah. players have Nottingham Forest bought? We've probably sold about four hundred million worth of players. You are, as well, but it, what I'm on about is the gross. Yeah, spend. I know what you're saying. Yeah, United, there's investment. United, as well. That's another thing that United don't do well. Like, United is it, is don't, it, sell, they don't sell. United players. don't sell. I think we do it very well. But it, it, it's a compliment of Chelsea. United could sell as much as Chelsea did. We wouldn't spend five hundred million either. They wouldn't do it. They pocket it. The Glazers have took more out in dividends this year than United have spent on net spend on transfers. That says it all. They've took eighty odd million out and spent fifty million in net spend. Every t- every single team that finished above United last season, Arsenal spent double than us. Chelsea spent more than triple. City spent double. Calvin Phillips and Haaland. Liverpool spent double on one fucking player. Yeah. And Spurs have bought about six players for Conte. United will fall behind as long as these are in charge. I remember years ago when Mourinho was going through a similar time right now and I got asked who comes in, Zidane, and I said, Zidane in two years will be in the same position. 
it was Solskjaer and Solskjaer two years later was in the same position he wanted a midfielder he got told there was no funds and the club signed Ronaldo three weeks later managers will continue to get shafted it doesn't matter Eric Tenag wants De Jong now you can say to De Jong um, you can say to Tenag look De Jong isn't that sure about coming and even if he is a proper club with a proper football structure will go brilliant you only want De Jong well we're going to override you a little bit and we're going to make you make a choice B, C and fucking D they don't just go oh you want De Jong you don't want anybody else alright then we just ran like shit and this is why we're in a position now where we're playing players that failed us four or five years ago how many players are in Klopp starting 11 tonight that were there when he took over one Firmino Henderson maybe Pep Guardiola, how many players were in Pep's first team that played against Bournemouth at the weekend? None. Edison wasn't there, he bought Walker. No. De Bruyne, that was it, was there. One player. Eric Ten Hag's yeah. taken over a team of players that failed yeah, us under so. fucking Mourinho and he's still trying to use them. This is what I mean, it's, ne- it's never enough. And people can then go, well, you've spent a billion, but look who sanctioned that billion. Look who employs and persisted with people like Ed Woodward in those positions. Yeah, true. And people are bored of me hearing this, but imagine how bored fucking I am of watching managers fail. Yeah, but that that I agree with what you're saying to a point because because where you're saying like like look who you've employed, but you bought people like Pogba, who is a world class player. I don't care what anyone says. You bought people like Di Maria, who who failed. Sancho cost a lot of money, like Wan Bissaka. There has been investment. Bearing in mind, it's not been their investment, but like. Like I said, the money has still been spent on quality. The money, they're just not doing enough. I think the, where, the, the, the the where this yeah. argument gets like caught up in this like and Glazer and investment kind of situation is where United fans say that they don't invest. Um, they're not necessarily they do invest. Though the money is there, but they are the ones employing the people who are recruiting. The the, the yeah, problem yeah. is the, the reason why United are so far behind everyone at the minute is recruitment. Recruitment from every other club is like is 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 top notch. City and Liverpool's recruitment is ridiculous, and the rest below them. Arsenal's is getting good. Chelsea's always been good. Spurs is getting smart this season, but it's because them at the top of the club have got football people and smart football people who are making them decisions. So you've got Bergestein, you had the Granny Scobell, they had that Edwards for Liverpool um, I don't actually know yeah, anyone's names Mike Edwards yeah. but the Glazers aren't appointing smart football people to make decisions they're spending money on players but there's no long term plan there there never is with United there hasn't been the long term plan no, United right. since Fergie they just throw money in it's, just like shut up yeah I remember I watched a video on the weekend and it was um, yeah. Isn't it? It, 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 it was it's a comparison of Ten Hag's post-match press conference and somebody asked him about the style of play and will he change it and and then it cut to one of Pep when he first joined City and we'd just been beat 4-0 by Leicester or 4-1 by Leicester they battered us and it's when we finished fourth um, and I remember watching us play out from the back and it was awful and everyone, everyone in the Etihad in the crowd in the stadium everyone was hated it they hated yeah, it, it. every single it. time the ball went back to the keeper they, going, oh, they shit themselves because we did concede loads of goals and Bravo was another keeper who didn't save fuck all but Pep and you could trust that City nurture to Pep where they buy his players, and that's why the team's completely different now. And I mean, look at the rewards he's reaped from it. You well, don't, you it. don't trust that United are going to do that with Tenag. No. So is he finally losing battle United, really in the end? Yeah, United won't do that with Tenag. I will be sat here in two or three years saying the exact thing, and I promise you. And then you will go, yeah, but Tenag got to spend three hundred million. Yeah, he did. But then when he got close and finished second or summer. They went, there's no funds for a midfielder, mate, sorry. Well, f- fucking, what, what the fuck do you mean? It's like Jose. Jose finished second, 19 points behind City. City broke their transfer record for Mares, and Jose was given Fred, Lee Grant and Dallow. 
Like, how can you win as a manager in that situation? And that's one fucking example. And they're all still at the club. He, and they're all, yeah, they're all, they're all, <laughs> and they're all still at the club. Players, that, well, Lee Grant isn't, but he he, he sat was he sat for three years doing fuck all. But my point is, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, the three most successful teams over the last ten years since United last won a fucking title. Three, four years ago, they've got different 11s. You have to change. You have to weed out players that can't do what you want to do. United are awful at selling, like we've already mentioned. They're awful at buying. And that, on its own, isn't enough to be a successful football club. And the Glazers have sanctioned a billion. That is their failing. And people can go, Glazers, oh, well, owners shouldn't necessarily have to put in. Okay, fine. The problem for United is we're in a league where Abramovich has put in, Sheikh Mansour has put in, Liverpool's owners are shit. But the fact is that they've taken £1.5 billion out of the club to pay on debt. So not only have they not put anything in, they take £1.5 billion out on debt and dividends and we're still £600 million in debt. So it's just completely fucked. And United won't be successful whilst they're there. I promise you, in two or three years, I will be sat here and tweeting like a fucking idiot after a game, blaming the Glazers, just like I was six fucking years ago. So and it will forward, never change. Going forward, Stan, because... I don't know, a bit short of time, maybe. Yeah, you can fuck off. Um, we won't give you the hair fair obsession because, I mean... Just go... Might, oh, no, just go read his Twitter. Yeah, yeah, at, just, yeah, yeah if, read his Twitter. If you want to know what I think about De, uh, De Gea, search at Riggs MUFC, De Gea. <laughs> and uh, if you want to report some, Twitter would uh, ban me for yeah, it. Yeah, but just lastly, <laughs> it, it, is it a bit of... Is it a good thing that maybe Neville has... Because we've seen Neville and Redknapp, like we pre-mentioned yeah. before, that Neville has publicly called out the Glaciers because this is something we've not really seen from... X United players and you know Sky BT ITB everyone the list of X United players is this a good thing or does it not really change anything? I think I think it's getting so much now that no matter what happens everybody knows that it's the Glazers' fault. Over the last years you can go ah uh, these players that they're spending so much on need to do better the managers need to do better the coaches need to do better. But ultimately, there's a common denominator, and you can keep. Look, the players weren't good enough at the weekend. Ten Hag made mistakes, like you say, with Ericsson there. But ultimately, everything spans down to the fact that the Glazers just aren't fit to run the football club. Anything that Ten Hag does in terms of success, and anything that anybody has done in terms of success, going back to 2005, was in spite of the Glazers. I mean, it all it all started since um, United. Look, United sold Ronaldo in 2009 and bought Obertan, Valencia and Michael Owen. And that was in 2009. This has been happening. And thanks to Fergie's brilliance, the next season we lost the league on goal difference and that was it. But United won't be successful whilst the Glazers are in charge. But yeah, going back, United fans need the media talking about it. They need Sky talking about it. Finally, a United you know, legend in Gary Neville's talking about it every week, which will fucking bore people. But if rival fans think they're bored of the Glazers, then uh, maybe have a look at what United fans have been saying since 2005. Uh, we're pretty fucking bored as well, but um, United just need to keep going. But I do think eventually it'll come to a, it'll be a football decision, as Andy Tate said. And um, the Glazers, it won't be a football decision. It'll be a business decision as always, and they will be forced to sell because it will get to the end of the road. And I think we'll, we'll get in there with United. I think we will just keep getting worse as the teams above us get better and spend more every summer, like we've seen this summer. Right, hello listeners, um, Jim here. N- new segment again. Oh, well, I'm always with him. This is Jim's pop quiz, guys. Oh. So, there's... We want... Nice. There's <laughs> Jim's six, pop quiz. There's six questions, three each. I want you to visualise now, guys. Um, six boxes, yeah, in front of you. Okay. Labelled one, uh, two, one, two, three, four, five and six. Got it. Mm-hmm. And um, Stan, I'm going to go with you first. You just 
open one of them boxes and I will... There's no Lebman's been told about this. Okay. This sounds like the no, Nah, it's nothing. No there's no money involved and no banker involved. Okay. You just open one of these imaginary boxes oh, it's now. It's got to be number two. Number two, your yeah. question for number two. Okay. I've tried to relate all the questions about this weekend's games. And nice. You know, anyway. Um, Manchester City played Bournemouth for the 11th time in the Premier League okay. on Saturday. How many times have Man City won? 11. Yes, oh, correct. I heard that stat on Saturday. Did you? They'd, never, they'd won every game. Well, that's yeah. annoying. There you go. Cheating I bastard. did my research. What, what can I <laughs> do? Listening to it, stuff. It what happens research. when you sit watching football? Shit it is all day. Uh, two's gone cooks. Welcome right. one of the other imaginary Three, boxes. please. Three, please, for you. Um, tonight's game sees um, Palace versus Liverpool. We all remember that famous Chris Dunbar, but who got the brace for the Eagles that night? Dwight Gale. Yes, Dwight Gale, one each. Drizzy. He's got the other one. We've not got time, it's Damien Delaney. Delaney. Oh, um, I never would have got that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been here all day. Fucking screamer. Stan, open up another imaginary no box. Number one, for David De Gea. Number one, <laughs> legend. Um, the Battle of the Bridge previously spoke about in 2016. Okay. It was a feisty affair, but it how was. many yellow cards were there Seven. total? 12. Fucking oh. hell. Nine. Oh, Twas a battle. Nine, nine of them for Spurs players. Bloods the owl. Twas a battle for the ages. Cook, you've got four, Fuck five me. and six. Uh, five, please, sir. That would have been lovely for Jay's double. <laughs> five. Uh, this weekend, seen Lampard and Gerard take part in the first managerial battle, but who scored more Premier League penalties? Frank. Yes. 50 wow. for Frank, 46 for Gerard. Oh, close. <laughs> Another reason why you're shitter than him, Stephen. Stan, you've got um, four and six, and you need this one, correct? All right. Um, or we can go to a tiebreaker. Four for the other league winner in the United squad, Phil Jones. Yes, okay. Um, this is a tough one. <laughs> Forrest's last Premier League win came in 1999 against who? Oh, that's a Mr. Toffee, that. Okay. It's the, it's um, the toughest one of the quiz. That is a hell of one, that. Can I have a clue? Do they still play in the Prem? He's still playing. I will give you a clue. This is the, this is the, the toughest one it. in the I'll quiz. He's still, still playing, playing the Prem. Have a stab. Uh, 99. <laughs> Lee. No, they weren't. Yeah, Leeds. You almost Don't. said Leicester. Leicester. So Cook, you have, no. you have one. But I don't think Leicester were in the Premier League. Um, open up box, box number six, and the question is: This weekend's Southampton hero was new signing Joe Aribo, born in England, but what country does he represent? Nigeria. <gasps> yes. Well done. Full house. Jeez. Full house. And Cook wins this weekend's quiz. Easy. Well done. Three one. Right, listeners, welcome back to everyone's favourite podcast, That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles. Unfortunately, it is the time where we have to love you and leave you, but it's also the time where we can tell you where to find us when we're not making these really good podcasts. So, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, do so by using the handle cookiepodcast1. That's cookiepodcast followed by the number one. And if that's not enough for you, you can't get enough of us, then we need to tell you where you can find us when we're releasing more of these excellent podcasts. So if you want to find us, just simply search in That's The Way The Cookie Crumbles and we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and as recently as yesterday, now on Google Podcast. And regardless of where you get your podcasts from, do us a favour, give us a five-star review on any of them streaming platforms. Really appreciate it gets more eyes on the product and pass the pod to a family member that weirdo at work who stares at you when you're at the urinal i don't care get the pod passed that's the way the cookie crumbles